for our Canadian lifters. Pure passion, real results, what you put in your body should matter. Pure Vita Labs PVL supplements are clean, tested, and approved. Powering athletes for over 25 years. They also power the KOTL podcast. You could trust PVL. Use code KOTL15 for partnership pricing at PVL.com. Six-pack Lapidat, and we got Rondell Hunt back. Rondell, we were just talking offline about last time we talked. Holy shit, a lot has happened. Uh, yeah. my, <laughs> my dude, a lot has happened. So we'll, we can backtrack a little. Obviously, we're going to talk about the Arnold Classic um totaling over a thousand kilos which very few people in history have done uh, in the tested divisions um as well as what this means for the future for mega nationals um obviously you're not american but we'll talk about your participation in mega nationals and how that looks so we'll do all that and but before we get to that let's back it all up because the last time we talked you were coming back um around Mm -hmm. that podcast there was heat that okay you're coming back and you were on the Sabato podcast, you were on this podcast, and people were thinking going the IPF route, it might be yep. aiming for the king, Taylor Atwood. And then Taylor hears the podcast. He comes on the podcast like a week later, I think, or something around there or whatever. He's firing sound yeah. bites in the heat between this potential showdown, which nobody two weeks earlier was even thinking about. Nobody was even <laughs> thinking about. Atwood versus Rondell. And then people grabbed their calculators and started doing the math. Like what would happen on jail points? What would happen on dots? What happens? Oh my God. What if he goes to Sheffield? Like these are just questions you start throwing around once like what people do for fun. So everyone's grabbing the calculators for all different possibilities. Cause God knows where this could happen when you come back, uh, where you might end up. And then we, we find out, Rondell Rondell Hunt is suspended. So yeah. which fucking gutted me. And and um and I mean you already know that leading into and then afterwards we, we talk about it. But let's talk a little bit about that. Um A where should we start? Should we start with the previous podcast and the heat with Taylor Atwood and, and all that? Yeah. Yeah. I think we could definitely start there because um that that whole thing that like was was started, I guess, like the rivalry between me and Taylor, actually wasn't started by me. Um, and I think on the podcast that that Taylor did with you, um, I think the the entire like strength guys team and also Leo was there as well. Um, he said that like I started that podcast for like you know just to like come for the king um, and stuff like that. Started like that whole beef rivalry thing. But it was actually started by Bob Bob Matthews. Oh, because really? Yeah, because he said, um, I think he started off a video, right? And he called me the strongest man on the planet. And then in another YouTube video, he also said that, like, uh, I'm the guy that he's, like, looking to take out and, and stuff like that. And that basically, like, Taylor was in that video and it kind of, like, I don't know, it got to him. And he was like, why would you be looking to take out Rondo? And I'm, I'm Taylor Hadwood. <laughs> you know? Um so that's how that sort of started. And then he kind of like fired shots at me um, indirectly. And that's when like I hopped on my story and, and, and stuff like that and started saying that 
you know, I, I actually do think that I'm better than Taylor Atwood. Oh, um, <laughs> damn. Yeah. So yeah. basically, Bob, Bob started that, and then he just, like, dipped. And then it was just, like, me and Taylor. Just going back he and dipped? He was deuces. I'll let you boys sort this out. Exactly. So, Whoa, yeah. so that's how it also... It's, called, it's hard to tell because... Um, like it's all in Instagram stories and not everybody sees the stories that they're only up there for 24 hours. And there's so many lifters all over the world. It's almost a crap shoot. If you happen to see that story time, sometimes I see your story. Sometimes I see Taylor. Sometimes I see Bob's, but sometimes in a day, I might not see any of them, right? Like who the frick knows what I did that day, but where it gets real heat is, um, when one of you guys hops on, like comes on the podcast and starts dropping sound bites. And then all yeah. of a sudden, everybody, the sound bites t- get turned into videos that are posted and shared. And all of a sudden, everybody's like, oh, damn, these are like, you know, everyone's uh, jockeying for position. And um, the heat, the, the amount of shares that that got, I was surprised. But Taylor drops sound bites like crazy when it goes on a podcast. Yeah. Like he, he does. does. He, yeah. He's phenomenal at hyping if you have a competition coming up and taylor's on it he's gonna hype the shit out of it um were you surprised by how much traction that got um i i, I was surprised because like honestly I, I don't know if you can like vouch for this maybe i was just like out of the loop but going back to like early last year and then before that like even though taylor Atwood was like you know the super accomplished lifter in the space which he still is today he never really used to talk like that. Like he was more so like to himself and he just like focused on like being the best. So, you know, when he kind of like started to come out and just like, like fire up these shots, I, I was really like, holy shit. And then everybody else in the, in like, you know, the powerlifting space who listened to it was also like, like that, <laughs> you know? So um, it was, it was, it was, it was interesting. And like so many people, like every single time I did like a you know, question or something like that, they would like, Oh yeah, XYZ Taylor or this, like every other question would be about Taylor. And it would be to the point where it's like, I don't want to like keep adding fuel to the fire because I actually just wanted to let the lifting do the talking, you know? Well, um, be, was it surprising to you? Like, um, like, the, yeah, it can get a little overwhelming where it's like every question ends up about Taylor. You're like, all right, yeah. guys. I, I, I'm doing a I'm doing an hour of Q and A's and it's a press conference on Taylor Ratwood at this point. Um, yeah. So and and then you weren't even in the IPF yet. So you're like, we hyped the shit out of a showdown that ended up not happening, and then the, it kind of went dead after that because, I mean, there wasn't a heck of a lot. Like, well, there was a little. We'll talk about that in a second. What happened afterwards? But um, so were you because this was like you're right. There's I remember around that time as well. And Ahara was on the podcast and he's yeah. talking about he wants to lure Russell or he back to the IPF. And then Taylor came on the podcast and was like, don't worry about Russell or he playboy worry about Taylor Atwood. And then yeah. again, it happened all over again. And uh, Taylor talked about potentially clashing with Russ and uh, like, he's definitely gotten more bold. Uh, but I, I'm not sure. Like, why do you think that is? Why do you think he's gotten more bold with it? Um, I, I think is, is a sort of a situation where like over the years, he's had so many people like challenge him that now is to the point where, and like every single time someone has, he's like, just destroyed them. <laughs> you know, I remember like back when the whole like battle of the 74s was happening yeah. and he had Pug, you had Michael C, um, you had Pook, 
everybody like that. And he just came out so far ahead to the point where it's like it wasn't even like a close scrap. Um, so I think it gets to the point where it's just like, he maybe feels like if he doesn't have to prove himself anymore. So at this point, it's just like, you know, it's almost disrespectful in his mind, at least, to come for him like that. So I think maybe that that's why he started like talking a bit more. But I, I guess on my side, the reason why I kind of played into it is I, I guess I could talk about this now, seeing as like Sheffield, the roster is completely set on everything. But at that time, I was actually already in talks with SPD about possibly having me at Sheffield. So they told me that I was like shortlisted. And um, like, obviously, I can speak about that publicly and say, hey, guys, I'm, you know, possibly going to be at Sheffield. But I kind of like knew and I thought that, okay, yeah, this is like 100% like done deal because, you know, like SPD said that they want to be there. And just the fact that they said that, even though I didn't compete in so long, that's human you know, it would, it would happen. So. And um, so when you, when you thought you were going the IPF route, you were mm-hmm. thinking hyping a clash with the King, what, what better way? And uh, so this was a bit of a concerted effort where you're like, I'm going to, I'm going to drop some Taylor Atwood sound bites Cause it was actually, you know what? It was actually different than what you would normally as well. Like normally you mm-hmm. wouldn't be going taking shots either. I don't think I've seen you do it before or since, but it worked. Dude, it worked. Yeah. <laughs> you and Taylor had everybody talking about it. Um, so was it more of like if I'm going the IPF route, I might as well go big. I might as well go for because you could have went um you could have went at like like it depends on because you're you're a thousand kilos. Ray Williams mm-hmm. is a thousand kilos. Uh, Jesus, and he's done more, obviously. Jesus Oliveras. But it depends on, you know, why Why did you pick Taylor? I guess. Well, let's just ask. I, I picked Taylor because he's ranked number one. When you look at like all the, the formulas and, and everything like that, um, he's ranked number one. And he's the guy that, like, at this point in time, guys like me and Bob are looking to, looking to dethrone. Um, and realistically, like, d- despite my last performance, I would say that 1,000 kilos was very underwhelming, which we obviously we talk about a little bit later. I would say that was very underwhelming. I do still think that I have the potential this year to, you know, be Taylor Atwood's dots, considering he doesn't, like, push it uh, much beyond that. I guess we'll, we'll see what he does. Um, but I do still think I have the potential to do it. And um, that's kind of why, like, was targeted and also because like I think going into Sheffield like before that like hype with me and Taylor it was more so like a thing where it was almost like a formality for Taylor where it's like oh yeah well I'm just gonna go in and win Sheffield and you guys could see who comes second you know so I was just kind of like well if I go to Sheffield I'm not coming to I'm not going for second I'm going first so right yeah yeah um and in terms of after the heat got in the heat Dude, this if this is like um like pro wrestling or or boxing and MMA when you when you try to rise heat for like a show and make people yeah. garner interest, it's funny how like it's true. So I, I listen to different podcasts and I had uh Kale Sionin, I don't know if you know that who that is, but now he's retired, but he's he was really good at like creating heat for pay-per-views and giving sound bites and whatnot. Like he was he was funny too, though, cunning. And it works. It freaking works. Like in terms of if you and Taylor ended up clashing at a mass, whatever event would have everybody would have watched it. 
Like it would have, it was working. I could tell because I could see the social media traction. You guys made yeah. it work. Um, a, like, how did it feel when the heat was on? Were you like, holy fuck, it's a little too hot right now? Because this was the first time you were like, oh my goodness, this is working way more than I thought. And I almost, it got too big. I couldn't even get away from it. Because there, I remember yeah. your one video where you're like, this is the last one I want to talk about this. Because you're like, this yeah. is getting, you know, I'm not even officially in the IPF yet. We're, we're, we're so invested in this and I'm not even there yet. Um, and then we'll talk about what happened afterwards with the IPF. But what was the feeling? Did it feel like too much? Or did it feel like, um, could you do it again if you have to hype a showdown? Or were you like, you know what? I got a taste of it. It felt a little too much. I think next time I'm not going to go quite so in. Yeah. Um, if if there was another showdown, I'd, I'd be happy to. Um, because the reality of it is that I wasn't just hyping it, like just coming in for hype's sake. I was hyping it because I genuinely was, well, felt like I was about to come in and dethrone Taylor Atwood. That's why I was hyping it. So it wasn't like a hyping it, hyping it sick. I was just letting everybody know what was about to happen, you know? So, um, yeah, it, it, it didn't feel like too much pressure because looking at like the, the numbers and stuff like that, I thought I had a fair shot. Um, and I knew that like, Going into Sheffield, like imagine, like if I was like confirmed as a wild card at that point, it would have just been like, you know, holy shit, this is actually about to happen. Um, but you know, obviously, I guess it, it wasn't meant to be, but yeah, I think the, the pressure wasn't too too much for me. Do you, in um, like the, the trash talking online, is it easy for you to let it roll off your back and be like, this is this isn't real, this is like, is it easy for you to be like, whatever? You know what I mean? Like this, yeah. uh, I don't care. Surprisingly, I didn't actually get that much trash talk. Like, obviously, Taylor said the stuff he said, but in terms of, like, people who actually DM me or commented on my videos and stuff like that about the situation, most people actually, like, thought that I would do it. You know, so that was, I guess, surprising somewhat. So, yeah. Well, I mean, people aren't going to be, like... Um upset they're gonna make oh hell yeah i can't wait to watch this like you know what i mean yeah, like exactly it, yeah. it won't be yeah it won't be it won't be quite like that um and the reason why it helps so well that it was taylor is because taylor will bite and help he's gonna do his part and he's gonna hype the hell of a, a mm -hmm. showdown as well um so it made it easy sometimes it won't few people are gonna are gonna hype it up like taylor did with you that's why it's too bad it yeah. didn't work out because whatever happens in the future, few people are going to hype it quite like that. Like when Bob Matthews finished 2022 and he had that, the number one, uh, and, and he, and he's like, I finished his number one and Taylor's comment in the bottom, the ultimate heel, you know, in, in pro wrestling, they have the heel, the ultimate heel comment where he goes, yeah, but only because I let you. And it was like, yeah. and it wasn't <laughs> a, you could tell he said it being like whatever it was like just like a heel comment it's kind of like whatever i don't know it's it's he'll be around for things like that but it'll be difficult to uh to find someone else quite in there to, to help hype a showdown but it is what it is um so yeah i, th I think most, most people in politics are a bit too like uh respectful so it's always like uh you know they always like praise their opponents and, and everything like that but sometimes i guess just for like if you are on the hype you need to have that like like tension 
And I think that was good for the sport. What about, um, because then there's like the discussion of going, going too far. So, Mm -hmm. and that's where like, where do you think the line is? Because there are people who are like, now it feels like there's, you know, back in the day, there wasn't many people who were doing it Mm -hmm. like, like trash talking. And now it's getting a little heavier. It's, it's getting a little heavier. And we saw at the Arnold classic, um, Brandon Petrie bombs out. And then I didn't even actually notice that some people were taking shots at him, but he's taking, he's under fire from people and not necessarily lifters. Right. And it becomes like, where do you think the line is? Is it like, because leading into put it this way, if you and Taylor were going to clash, let's say at, at like a, whatever major event. And one of you at one point had bombed on depth. If the other guy's like yeah. you, your depth is high. you got to check your depth. You're a big squatter, but you know, this is going to be an issue for you. And then the other guy goes, yeah, well you're deadlift lockouts. You know what I mean? Like, let's see if you get away with those because blah, blah, blah. Months later, it won't feel, um, it just feels like more of what already happened. But if someone bombs yeah. out and you jump in there right afterwards, right afterwards, like the day over next day feels like piling on it too soon. And it feels like, oh, yeah. it's timing. It's not even necessarily what it is because people bring up like, whatever, if you bombed out six months ago, you're like, and you've already competed since then. It's like, whatever. But uh, I don't know. Yeah. Where, where's the line? Who's to say? Because people bring up all types of stuff. You haven't improved. You've regressed. Some things are, you know, you're injured all the time. And that's very frustrating as well for, for lifters. What, where's the, where's the limit for, for you? Do you think? Um, so for me, I, I, I would say maybe like, uh, like leading into a competition, I would say there's maybe no limit. There is oh, wow. no limit. Yeah. <laughs> Le- this, uh, leading into a competition. The reason why I might say that is because like, if you look at like other sports, a lot of times, like guys who are like rivals aren't friends, you know, like in, in powerlifting, a lot of times, like you have a lot of like guys who are rivals on the platform. But they're like super friendly and, and everything like that. So obviously powerlifting being a smaller sport is slightly different. But as the sport starts to grow and people have like bigger followings, people start to make more money off of the sport and everything like that. Um, it's getting to a point where you have like genuine, like like real rivals, not like, oh yeah, we're rivals, but we also buddies and we go get like food after the meet. <laughs> like real rivals, right? Um so I think there is maybe no limit leading into a competition, but maybe after a competition, you don't necessarily, you want to be classy at the same time. Like if you, if you win, you don't want to be like a sore winner almost. Like some people can genuinely be sore winners to the point where they win and they almost act as if they have lost. Um, so I think maybe that's where I draw the line. And then obviously like personally attacking someone um, outside of just their left gun, I think as well. But yeah, that limit for me is very, very high. Like say. when you say no limit, you mean no limit when talking about the sporting aspect. But exactly, once it, yeah. like as long as, hey, look, we're power lifters, we lift weights. If you're talking about my bench hasn't improved, my my numbers regressed, or my fucking whatever, whatever it is with the sport, go ahead. But then yeah. you stop there, nobody like, yeah, and I heard. 
you know, your fucking mom's a janitor and blah, blah. It's like, whoa, <laughs> yeah. fucking easy. Yeah. easy. Like, chill, chill. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what you mean is sporting wise. No limit. What about this scenario though? What if you're commenting on someone that you might be competing against in the future, like a sporting rival, they're within a weight class. Um, and you, they just competed, but you didn't. So you're going to mm-hmm. comment on their competition, but you're doing it in the sense of, cause you two didn't clash. So here's what it is. If you two clash on the platform and one guy wins, one guy loses, there's almost a bit of resolution there. And you're like, okay, look it, I'm not going to rub it in your face right now, but whatever. But if you haven't yeah. clashed yet, but you know, it's impending it, you're being compared and, and it could be coming. One guy competes. Does the other guy now comment on his, on his performance, good or bad right afterwards? He just competed yeah. there. That's where, what, what, the scenarios kind of get blended, right? Yeah. And I, again, to me, like, I, I, again, I would say the limit there is pretty high. And once you keep in the comments to, like, the actual performance, I would say there's no issue with that. Because those things, to me, make the sport more interesting. Like, my favorite podcasts to listen to um, are the ones where you have lifters who are highly competitive and they compete at a high level and where they are talking about other athletes. <laughs> that's my favorite Dog, like, you love Taylor Atwood <laughs> yeah I do I, like I, I, I listen I listen to all um, of the podcasts that he does um, Russ uh, yeah. you know lifters like like Bob Ashton because Ash, Ashton I think in his last podcast before the Arnold uh, on King of Lifts he said um, he's coming for everything or he wants to beat everybody or something he like literally that. said I'm going to destroy everybody that was his yeah, quote it, I am going to destroy everybody <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's like if you if you're just gonna come on the podcast and or like any like formal media and you're just gonna say like you know I respect all athletes I just want to I just want to do my best. That's not good for the sport. That's that's not like interesting to watch. At least in my opinion, you know. So you need those sort of like fiery lifters who comment on on things that typically I guess ten years ago in powerlifting you wouldn't comment on. You know. So I mean, it's it, it's so. Uh, what about this? What do you think about um, coaches getting involved then as well? Do you think leave it to the athletes or like camps? Now we're developing camps where um, where does the extension go to in terms of all that? Because then it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. It depends on people's thresholds for taking the heat. If you could just put down your phone and be like, okay, this guy's camp is going to be all over me. Do you tell yourself that's okay? Or do you tell yourself like because because it'll hype some competitive rivalry, or or do you think like nah man don't him cool or the you know certain people cool but everybody else what what do you think on that? Yeah, I don't I don't think <clears throat> camp should maybe comment like I I really dislike when like um, maybe like somebody's friend buys over the battle of like them or the athlete. Um, because in that case, it's like, realistically, you have no direct beef with this other athlete. If I'm like someone's coach and they have beef with somebody else, I don't have beef with that person. So why would I then throw myself out there, put myself in line of fire, burn a bridge that I don't need to burn, you know? So I say between the athletes, there is no limit. Talk all the trash you want, you know, obviously be respectful outside of just the lifting aspect itself. But um, when it comes to, to camps and stuff like that, um, 
that's where it could be like at that point it's just that's like cyber bullying <laughs> like at that point to be honest it's tough like yeah i know i i, I like that's why i get uh i get it all everything you said and it's such i think we're all we're all like figuring it out now in real time like as yeah. a sport, you had a very good point where you said 10 years ago, none of this would be appropriate because we would be like flabbergasted. Anything was said. We Like nobody said anything. 10, 10 years ago, we didn't even have podcasts or, or a lot of the social media. But um, as it's grown, we've gotten more accustomed and we carry ourselves more like other sports where they do yeah. stuff like this. Right. And uh, like if, if two fighters fight in the UFC, Conor McGregor is commenting on rivals right after they win or lose if they win mm-hmm. they're like damn you got lucky if they lose they're like i told you you were a bum you know what i mean like it, this yeah. is kind of like what we but it's all fair and game because they're all in the fight game and this is all what's going on but we're not entirely used to it either and on the flip side though you don't want to lose track of um you don't want it to feel like cyber bullying either where it's like yeah you said we're everybody gang on and uh, just pile on when somebody's not good, like someone might be at their lowest. I, I get it. It's sports. Life will get you a lot lower than a bad competition. But um, yeah. but but yeah, that's why I know people will also be like, look, it, it's a sport. Life will get you born a bad competition. Like if that's the worst that you're getting roughed up about, because life will get real tough. You know, the older you yeah. get, the more shit you've been through. Really scary stuff. And, uh, so then you're like, it, it's, it may be easier for perspective, but it's, but I'm not sure. I, I, I kick it around in my head. Cause sometimes I'm like, I obviously dude, I'm fucking king of lifts. I'm going to hype matches. I don't got to tell you, but on the yeah. flip side, I'm also like, Greg, I do feel bad sometimes. I'm like, I hope so-and-so is okay. You know what I mean? It's tough, man. <laughs> yeah. If people pile on, if people pile on, then it's like, shit, I hope they know. I almost want to reach out and be like, I hope you know, dog. If this is hyping something, it is what it is, but don't, uh, you know, don't think this isn't a, uh, an account on you as a person, you know, you're a good yeah. person. It doesn't mean you're a bad person or whatever the hell. And in 10 years time, these sporting rivals will move on in life. Here's a good example. And we'll, we'll go, we, we could talk more on this. If you have more thoughts on this, cause this is a good discussion. Yeah. This is a good discussion yeah. right now. Um, for example, Brendan Petrie, uh, I think like the day before the Arnold had said he wanted to go after uh, Jesse Norris's record in the 90 kilo class. Jesse Norris has attested yeah. and untested because he did USAPL. He also did record breakers, which I believe was untested. Uh, this is like 2014 and 15. And, um, and that's, that, that's what he was going for. Now, Jesse, and I love that first off. I love like, like when, especially powerlifting, like, Brendan's a young guy. You know fucking Jesse Norris. I was like, holy shit, that's kind of cool because nobody yeah. looks back in powerlifting. It makes me feel like in 10 years, people will still remember Rondell Hunt. Good. They should. Yeah. They should. And I worry about that because some people don't. I fucking bring up people who were here around three years ago and some people are like, who was that? And I'm like, God, fucking it hurts my heart. So anyways, yeah. what I actually like that. I think that's like a good thing to be like, I'm going after this legendary record and it's held by Jesse Norris. I'm like, that's a tip of the hat to an old veteran. Um, but Jesse Norris at this point, just to put in perspective, has moved on from powerlifting and has no fucking idea what's going on in powerlifting. I tagged him and I could see when you see in the DMs, if you see the tag, he didn't see the tag 
he doesn't know what the fuck's going on. He's moved on in life. He's got like a kids, a family, and he isn't looking back. Okay. I don't think yeah. he's paying attention to who's doing what too often, maybe here and there from guys from his era. That's it. And what I would tell people is like in 10 fucking years, if you stay in the pocket and only talk about the sport and don't get personal, nobody it'll be, you won't feel the same way you do in 10 years. When you meet that, those sporting rivals, you'll see yeah. Taylor in 10 years time. Be like, who gives a fuck? <laughs> right. It'll be dead. Yeah. As long as yeah. you never cross that line, then you see, if you like cross a line and attack somebody's morals and ethic, you know, like right to their core, whatever they see you 10 years ago. Damn. You said some bad shit about me, man. That wasn't even <laughs> about sports. Like it wasn't even about sports. Like you went in on me. Then they'll yeah. see you 10 years ago. Like dog, that was rough. It, it was that Arnold. Like it, yeah, just bringing in Jesse Norris was, it showed me he probably doesn't give a fuck about anything anybody said about him in 2015. He probably, I remember 2015 and I'm like, I don't even know what sports rivals we had that at the time. And I know we did. Yeah. I think none of them give a fuck anymore. So I, I flip flop on this all. It just, it, I'm like, fuck, does that make me a hypocrite? Or does that make me trying to figure it out like everyone else in real time? I think it makes me human. What do you think? Yeah. I, I think, like, to be honest, like, I think all the best lifters, at least that I know, take that sort of, like, trash talk and everything like that positively. Like, for example, even today, I was watching, um, like, Taylor Atwood's most recent YouTube video on, like, the Sheffield series prep. And at the very end of the video, um, uh, the video was from when, like, the Arnold was going on. And he showed that he was, like, watching the live stream of the Arnold. And then he turned the camera to himself and he said... A lot of you guys have been talking shit these last few months. How very underwhelming performances at, at the Arnold. <laughs> and he was like, <laughs> he was disappointed. Oh, was he? Was it you? And well, I, I'm sure because like I, my dots was five seventy seven point something, right? Um, which is you know by all means a solid dots. Right? It's not like well, yeah, dog. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think you know? you're embarrassed, but right. Yeah, exactly. Um, but is nowhere near like Taylor's best work of like six or eight, you know, um, like 30 dots short there. Um, you know, so I think obviously that was maybe like throwing a little bit at me, maybe a little bit at Bob, because I think Bob just like barely beat his best. I think he was like at 583, um, even though Bob also called Taylor out. So, you know, um, but something like that didn't get me mad to the point where I felt like I had to like hop on my story and like talk about it. It was just it was just more more fuel in the fire, you know what I mean? So um I think is in general, I think it's a net positive for the sport <clears throat> for both athletes and also spectators. Um and yeah, I do, I do think it, it, it helps add to your legacy when you could talk that talk and then also back it up, you know? It's yeah, like that's why like what I would say basically is um because we cause Every the goalposts get moved as years go by, and we yeah. it, it, like you like you had alluded to, and um, I would say like as we're trying to sort this out, my aptitude to not hold somebody like too severely as long as they're always about the sport and never get personal on somebody. Yeah. I don't. I, I'm never gonna. I'm not gonna go to the point where I'm gonna write someone off. And be like, you're a shitty person or blah, 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 because of that is like, that's too, for me, that's too far as well to be like, look at yeah. we're 
all sorting this out, trying to figure things out. And um, I don't know, like who knows, man, how people's threshold is for all this. I don't know. It's it's a hell of a discussion, man. Like you said, you took no offense at all. You're like, whatever. It's easier if you do a thousand over uh, 2.5 kilos and have whatever, as opposed to like, what if you bombed out? And Taylor said yeah. something. What would you then? You'd be like, "You son of a bitch." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so, so here's the thing. I would have been like that in my mind, and maybe I like discuss it with like my coach or something like that, and we, we talk about it. And I'd have been like, "Bro, like I'm so pissed." X Y Z. But it would never get to the point to me where it's like deeply personal. It would always just be like, "This motivates me more to do better next time." That's always where it where it stays, unless, as you said, like it gets personal, you know. So, if I bombed out, best believe, like I would have been like ready to go crazy in, in September, you know. So yeah, yeah, it, yeah. yeah. I so mean, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's it's true. It's it's just uh, exactly. It is it is that it is that freaking. Um, it is that fine line, you know, where it's like if the competitors mm-hmm. are in, and you're all competitors. It's it's uh it, it here's what it is too in this era with dots, it's made everybody competitors. Yeah, for sure. Like previously, you would be like, "What are we doing here? We're like five weight classes apart. Like, what? How does this work? We're we're not yeah. we're not in the same lane." But with like um dots, GL points, uh titles one whatever it is everybody's yeah. competing against each other in this era which again yeah. is kind of which again is kind of new yeah i actually wanted to make <clears throat> an argument for dots because like i know um there are a few guys like bigger guys in the space who don't like really like believe in dots so like for example i know like jury flex on russ like they just like dots is just not their thing they don't like think about it it's more so just like you know weight class battles head to head um for me i think the importance of dots is like you need to i think the sport needs to come to like a pinnacle where is like there there should only be one you know what i mean um so it's like imagine if like i guess like the world cup happened and it wasn't just that argentina won it was four teams won like they just stopped at like the 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 semi-final and, and that was it it's like at that point, people would people would be pissed. You know, what hey, I mean? listen. So I'm from Canada, and if they stopped when Canada made it to the quarterfinal, I would have been fine with that playboy. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, I'd be like, yeah. yes, I like that idea. Canada wins yeah. the World Cup just by making it. Yeah. So in a sport in powerlifting, where it's like you have how many world champions every every world championships is like what sixteen or more. Is it? Um, you got eight men, eight women, so yeah, and then you got juniors, masters, <clears throat> like yeah, yeah. So it's counting juniors and masters. You have like probably in close to hundred, if not like over fifty, um, like world champions, and that to me is is, is not that as bad, but I think there needs to be like a pinnacle and some sort of like deciding factor of who is the champion of champions, you know, um, and. I think that that is the importance of like coefficients, and from what I've seen at least, I feel like dots is the is the most like balanced one, probably. It's um, that is, first off, that's a good point. I, I am, I in terms of viewing, I much rather would see two people go head to head 
and it's just straight yeah. kilos. In terms of just on the fly viewing or like a four-way, five-way battle and like, holy shit, like Bit- Jessica Bittner versus I got the shit go or the battle of the 93s at Worlds was like insane. Just straight head-to-head. Or if you had Ashton, Keenan Lee, and Bob Matthews, same weight class, head-to-head. Um, just on kilos. Because I don't... In, this, in that scenario, um, and I'm going to get back to your point because you made a good one. In that scenario, if all three of them go head-to-head, and let's say Ashton gets the biggest total. Bob is the lightest, but they're in the same weight class. But Bob has the highest dots. Yeah. But Ashton out total him. I don't give a fuck about the dots. I'm like Ashton won that showdown because you're marginally yeah. a lighter man. That's actually happened um, in different competitions, uh, like at Euro European Championship. Anatoly came back, was in not the greatest of condition. His total is way down. He came in second, but he actually won best lifter of the European Championship because his body weight was down as well. And if you ask him, I'm sure he's like, well, fuck, man, I'm not even the European champion, though. But so it's, but having said that, I 100% get what you mean. How cool is it that, like, the only reason why Taylor's like, I'm the fucking king and everyone's coming yeah. for me is you're right. It creates icons of a crazy high status that ordinarily we would not have that'll come on yeah. a podcast and be like, like Taylor's like, I have the dots, GL points, Wilkes, as well as the world record. You want titles? I got all the titles as well. Um, and yeah. he could say that and have a rivalry with a Rondell Hunt who was twice his size. You know yeah. what I mean? And it, it, it's, and ordinarily other sports, like people outside of powerlifting would be like, how are these fucking guys sporting rivals? <laughs> what do you mean? They're yeah. sporting rivals, but in powerlifting, which is very niche, we could be like, oh yeah, there, that was like, now it's dead, but there was heat for a second there. We almost had a showdown. That was a mega yeah. showdown. And they're like, those guys in the same competition. Oh yeah. So you're yeah. right. You're right about, I see both. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like, I fully agree. Like, Obviously, a weight class battle is always the best thing because it's the easiest to understand as well, right? Right. We're just looking at kilos. Like, okay, what is this guy's subtotal? What is this guy's subtotal? And we're just looking at, like, who has the biggest total um, at the end of the day. Um, so it's the easiest to understand. And that's one thing that, like, like top sports usually are. is just very simple to understand by, the like, the average viewer. Um, but I think the thing with dots is, like, I don't even think dots was just invented out of thin air. I think it came, um, all formulas actually, I think came out of like some sort of necessity. Because at the end of the day, if you have a guy like Jesus, you have a guy like Taylor, you have a guy like Bob, stuff like that, somebody is going to pose the question, who is the best out of these three guys? You know, like it, 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 it will come to everyone's mind at some point in time, even if formulas would a thing. You know, and then you have a situation like um, you have guys in like a weight class under coming very close to, if not passing the total of the weight class above. So it's like, even without a formula indirectly in your mind, you would compare this lifter's body weight and this, this lifter's total to this lifter's body weight and this lifter's total. So it's it, it just like, I think like formulas like wasn't, wasn't necessarily like some nerd guy trying to decide okay, who's the strongest of all of these guys? I think it was more so just like, we need some sort of metric which compares, you know? I, I'm 
currently working on a formula that somehow has me the Taylor Atwood of the master's division. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't sorted it out because I got to fucking work. It's got to be like three pages long because it's going to be a lot of funky uh, addition. I'm telling you. Um, yeah. Having said that, I do also understand in terms of titles and kind of like the Conor McGregor in the UFC where he moved up and won a second title, two different weight classes. And it's like, Oh shit. That's like, there's something about that as well. Like if Taylor Atwood moved up and became the world champion in 83, it'd be like, Oh damn. And then if you asked me like, or or that's why like Russ who's um, you know, he'll be like looking on dots. I might not have it with some of these guys, but I actually moved up and became the number one ranked 90 kilo class, like a weight class up. So I, I held both at the same time, two different weight classes. That's very difficult because powerlifting has pretty big weight classes. And then it's yeah. like, um, then it becomes another sports discussion. How much weight should that hold? And shouldn't that hold a lot of weight? And um, I, I respect that too, because that's very rare. You see people number one in two different weight classes at the same time. I don't even yeah. know how many times no. it's happened. That's very unique. That's very unique. It, it is, and I, I respect that as well. I think um, Leah, she, she also Leah's done it. Yep, yep. Good on yeah. you on the women's side. I was thinking on the men's side, but you're right. Thank you, sir. So Leah yeah. doesn't slide in my DMs like motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying there's probably other ones that we're not thinking of, but um, it's it's unique nonetheless. Very difficult. It is, yeah, and and and, and the number of titles as well is is very important. I think like that speaks to like longevity, which is something like I guess since the the whole Dutch era of Paulifton started like maybe like a year ago where people started to take that more seriously. I think that longevity aspect is kind of like lost because everybody's like right, who has the highest thoughts, who has the highest thoughts. But being able to like repeat something for like like you know three, four, five years, that is is also really difficult in a sport that progresses as fast as Paulifton. So. Well, yeah. it, so that would speak to, um, first off, I had Tim, Timmy, uh, from Germany on the podcast when he first made dots and was trying to get it readily picked up by federations. He came on the King of podcast and goes, so I, I don't, I, I got to double back on my own podcast. Maybe I have to have him back on. He said how we made yeah. dots, how we made it happen and talked about it and said why this should be used. And this is years ago, like 2018, 19, Tim came on. And, um, he, like, he's a super smart guy and whatever. Uh, I, I gotta have him back on, uh, think about it. But anyways, that also to the point where, um, both take, like, that's where Taylor kind of has all of it, right? He's got fucking longevity as well. He's been around forever, but to Russ's yeah. point, Russ would be like, look at, he's obviously got good dots, obviously, mm-hmm. but in comparison, there is something he said for like Russ being like, look at, I have a dynasty going in my weight class. Um, mm-hmm. I've gone up a weight class and took on the number one spot. And Russell say, look, it doesn't mean I didn't go head to head at us mega Nats. Like he favors those overtaking the number one total. Russ said that himself. However, just in terms of, but dots won't can't represent that. It's very different. It's tough. Like dots is just that number. I do wonder if it's almost federation based, because USAPL is so heavily leaned into dots and mm-hmm. IPF, I, you don't, people don't think about dots nearly as much as the IPF. They think about the world titles and even yeah. the biggest money meet Sheffield is in the IPF side. 
And all the IPF lifters who super duper lean into world titles because it's st- like worlds is stacked right through because they have the rest of the world going there when they're done and they're going to the money meet, it's still not a formula. It's world records. So maybe because yeah. over there, the IPF, they don't really talk about dots that much. It's um, I'm wondering if like the pro series is just augmented people's ideas of it. And I'm wondering if people in the rest of the world outside of us, in, in Trinidad and Tobago, outside of there, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm so curious. It's South Korea, South Korea, yeah, yeah. I wonder yeah. if people around the world even know all their dots and know where they rest and really are super because they don't even use dots in the IPF. I, yeah. I like well, you know, it's weird. I, I think like um, dots, obviously, like as you say, like in the IPF is maybe like not as important, but I think since the split. Um, it's become more important because now all of a sudden the weight classes are different in the USAPL and then obviously like the whole pro series is based on dots and then I think even with like the untested side like dots was always like a big thing to them yeah. um, I think now like everybody like kind of like comparing themselves cross federation where somebody might be in 93 and somebody might be 90 somebody might be 100 and somebody might be 105 different things like that I think like Everybody kind of like compares dots like Loki, but obviously on the IPF side is more so like, okay, I want to be IPF world champion and make it Sheffield as opposed to just like, all right, let me see what dots I could get, you know? Yeah, I bet you some people be like, if you're in the IPF and and we, you don't use dots, you use good lift points and, um, you know, like titles and whatnot. I bet you they're like, if they're comparing, like you're saying, they're probably like, what formula should I use? <laughs> they yeah. got their pitch. They'd be like, I actually go back to the old Wilkes. <laughs> right? Yeah. Some people where it's like, um, I don't know. But yeah. yeah. It- but 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 one thing I think like highly, highly competitive lifters, like you look at like Ashton, Bob, um, Taylor, um, even like Jesus to some extent. I think Dots almost needs to be like some sort of like default. Because if you look at like uh, like me, for example, I just totaled a thousand two point five, right? The world record in that uh, weight class because I weighed in at one eighteen point seven two. Um, so the world record in one twenties by Dennis Cornelius and I think is nine seventy eight, right? It's nine seventy eight. Yeah, I love that and you I do think, that. I do that, by the way. I love you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think the best total of anyone in the one twenty division, I think it was by uh, Tony Cliff last year, um, was like ten. Uh, sorry, nine forty or nine forty five. Or something. So it was like, like, yeah. Sorry, keep going. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say. So it was like, it's almost a point where it's like, if I was to compare myself on total to any other like drug tested one twenty or one twenty five kg guy, it's is like I would have no motivation. I would just sit down and be like, oh yeah, well I'm, I'm the best. But I need to like go outside of that. I need to like look at like. Okay, I need to outdot Bob. I need to outdot Ashton. I need to outdot Taylor, even though they are like all lighter than me, you know. So, I think that also like plays a, a role there. You're right because um, I've heard other people say, and it's true. We aren't quite in a position in our sport where we have enough for every weight class to be completely competitive, like top five. Like the yeah. 83s, 82 and a half, uh, the 90s, or, or more, probably 93s is a little more stacked from one to five. 
But I mean, if Russ ever goes to 90, holy smokes. But um, yeah, you're right. Not all the weight classes are stacked right through. So we, it's, it's, it's a necessary, is it, would we all prefer 10, one twenties to be like all, all within 10 kilos and you're scrapping it out. Like it's the Sheffield 93s. Oh, hell yeah. But how, the, yeah. that's how far away are we with that? That's, that's almost like luck of the draw. You came at the right time to have that kind of enough people there. Um, yeah. Are you firmly like, cause you weren't always previously you're one Oh five. This is like when mm-hmm. I first came across you, 2018, you're a 105, and you've slowly but surely moved up to 120. Is yeah. that where your ambitions lie? Is like, look, at, or I guess you're technically 125. Mm-hmm. Is there a reason why you're staying under 120 to compare yourself to other 120s as well? So you can have that as and unofficially have the world record 120 as well? Because that's historically a much deeper division. And historically, holding that record probably holds for the drug tested side more right because you can go yeah. against dennis cornelius who's the goat 120 and or is that part of the or or are you thinking about filling out 125 and just seeing how big you can get yeah so um matt uh matt gary he actually had like um i think it was a couple lifters in the exact same session that i was competing in and he asked he came on he asked me like what did i win at Cause like a lot of people were like wondering where my body weight was at if I was gonna like stay sub 120. Cause in my my last meet as well, I was um 119.5. Um, or if I was gonna like fill out 125, and you definitely hit the nail on the head. The reason why I stay below 120, not just for like aesthetic purposes, and because I like like the way how I look when I yeah. sub 120. <laughs> you sure also, gotta come off sometimes, Playboy. <laughs> exactly. But also, it's like, if I put up this huge total and I weigh in at, like, 124.9, the IPF guys have, like, they have, like, one a one-up on me. They have something that they could see, you know? So, I want to keep the, the playing field as level as possible. So, I will probably most likely always weigh in sub-120. So It is, um yeah, and, I mean, the historical significance is, uh you know, you're going against, like, all-time greats like Dennis Cornelius and and whoever else yeah. as well, even guys who aren't even around anymore. It's just, it's kind of like when Brandon Petrie mentioned Jesse Norris, you know, Dennis Cornelius. I know a lot of people, again, might not, who are listening to podcasts now who are relatively new, might not know Dennis Cornelius. It's like, dog, he was the guy at 120 for years. So it means yeah. something to be compared to guys like that. And I love that you knew Dennis Cornelius's um total. <laughs> of no, he 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 commented on uh on like my meet recap and Did I was he? just like yeah I was like starstruck. I was like damn because even he said um I think it was last year he said um you could just walk into any meet and beat my record. That was before I actually competed. And I was like, damn, Dennis. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, because he's he's like a legend in the game to me. So that that meant a lot. He um I mean he's an amazing guy. I've had him on the podcast um good and plenty. And I, I've met him in person. He's a super nice guy. I just want to see because yeah. I, I know that he's done competitions. He's okay. So here's an you've already beaten this too, though. So as a 125 lifter, he totaled 102.5. Yeah. So you've beaten his, uh, yeah. Okay. So you've beaten his 120 kilo as well as his, oh, wait a second. 
here's something else for you. He at, at 126.2, he did 10, 15 kilos. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll say something else too. Um, my man did the 102.5. He was 40 years old. He's a master. So you got to hang around a little while to beat that one, Playboy. Right? Uh, okay. I, I if you, <laughs> if you, now Dennis is like, all right, now I still got my masters though. <laughs> he's, <Yeah. laughs> he's got to watch you for 15 years to see if you take his masters. You can be like, yeah. nah, I don't want it. You can keep it. Your masters is still in. Yeah. No, I think um, I think if I hit my last bed, <clears throat> which I I pulled in training, but it just wasn't there on the day. I think I would have been like ten twenty two, or something. But yeah, it it is what it is. Now, hopefully later this year that will be there. Coming into this, you so let's talk a little bit about this. Coming into this, how was training go? And was that the game plan? Like by the time your last dead came, you would have had ten twenty two. But leading into this, what were your expectations? Yeah, so this is it's not really something that like um, like I like to talk about because I like hate guys who like post meet recaps and say, "Oh yeah, meet didn't go as planned," and then they just list like ten bullet points as to why the meet didn't go as planned. But um, <laughs> you know, like on longer form content like this, I guess I could kind of like expand on things. Um, this prep was was not great. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The, the reason why I say that is because, like, last year, um, I think it was in December or something like that, or actually November, um, the plan was to go to the do the Corrupted Classic. So I was actually, like, fully on prep and, like, peaking for that. And, you know, then right before that, that was when, like, oh, hey, there's this possibility that you could go to Sheffield. But, you know, I knew that if I did the Corrupted Classic, then... If I was gonna get banned for that other meet, then for sure I would get banned for doing two USAPL meets. So I kind of like made the decision to like pull out of the corrupted classic sort of like three days before the meet itself. Um, and that itself kind of like threw me off a little bit, like mentally when I figured out that I got suspended and I skipped such like a, a big meet um, after having like not competed in so long. Um, so that was one thing. The next thing that after that, and I figured out that. I got suspended, so I wouldn't be doing Sheffield. Um, I actually decided to take a two-week vacation um, in the Middle East, <laughs> literally from like December going into January. So my training over that period of time was like very, very sporadic. Obviously, I wasn't able to hit the numbers that I, I usually would. Um, it was it was just bad. Um, coming back from that now, uh, in like uh, mid-January or something like that. After like the the flight that I took was fifteen hours coming back, right? Fifteen hours straight. Damn. And I have this, yeah. And I have this back condition called spondylolisthesis. It's a long word, but it's basically where like my vertebrae aren't stacked properly because I have like a basically like a like a bad disc. So my vertebrae are kind of like um, shifted like that, and from time to time it can flare up. That fifteen hour flight and sitting down for fifteen hours caused it to flare up really badly. To the point where um, I think I was six weeks out and I had to take two weeks off of squat and bench, squat and deadlift completely. Damn, man. Yeah, so so some of like my most important training I had to miss out on. Following that, the week that I got back into squat uh, and deadlift, I got COVID. Um, oh, shit, <laughs> dude. Yeah, so like I genuinely could not catch a break in this prep. 
And um, then uh, obviously other than that, like I had to cut um, my actual prep short because like I fully started like thinking that, okay, I might be going to Sheffield. So let me like gauge my training to like prep towards that. And obviously Sheffield is like four weeks after Arnold. So I had to like, cut things slightly short. Um, and all that culminated to not a great prep, but I still went in with the expectation that like, I think my total would be somewhere around like 10, 25. And um, I, I would um, I would dot somewhere around like 590 to 595. So. Damn, well, you almost had, that's crazy to hear everything that was going against you and you almost had it. Uh, listen, yeah. a 15 hour flight, dude, you could be clean shaven. And by the time you arrive, <laughs> you look like a different <laughs> human. Like that's a crazy yeah. long nonstop flight. Um, I guess yeah. in the future, you got to try to like, you're looking forward to having layovers to hop out and walk around. Is that what helps? Or you have to lay down or. Yeah. So basically I, I just like, kind of like started getting up at like intervals and like walking around on the plane. But um, to get through a flight like that, I just kind of like drug myself up on like sleep aids. So, <laughs> so I get to sleep as much as possible. Um, so for most of the flight, I was just kind of like sitting down um, and I only got up and walked once in that entire 15 hour period. Oh, so no. like my, my, my hips, hip flexors, everything like that, lower back was super tight. And then I had to squat basically like the day after I got back. And that's where like felt something in the back and it, it was, it was hitting, so. Then you get off the plane, go to a local gym and Taylor Atwood's there. And he's like, let's have a squat session. And you're like, Oh no, yeah. <laughs> this guy's going to beat me. This guy's going to beat me on kilos today. <laughs> the, the funny thing is, is that I, I did actually go to that flight was actually to New York. So that are you serious? Time. You probably lay yeah. low like Taylor can't get me right now. I'm vulnerable. I'm vulnerable. Yeah. <laughs> um, walking around on a flight is difficult though. Like, how much walking can you get? Because I, I, I'm not. I'm okay on flights. Like, if I if I yeah. get some turbulence, um, I put a I put like music on and it helps me like whatever. <laughs> Yeah, I don't like I put on music and sometimes I feel a little braver with the music on. I don't know what this shit. It's head games. Yeah. But to get up and walk around, like, and you're a big man. It's not easy. It's yeah. small. Like plates are small. Yeah. If you're walking up and down the aisles, anybody coming your way is like, oh shit. You know what I mean? They yeah. gotta like it's gotta be super hard. It was I, I basically like stood up in that like small area where um, where like the bathroom is. And um, I was just like doing squats. I'm just like, are you like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I needed to get some blood flowing like my lower body. Was, did you pick up bad. like, did you pick up a flight attendant, throw him on your back and just start doing lunges? I tried. <laughs> You're like, my man, do me a solid. I got a records coming up. He's like, say less. I heard yeah. the podcast. Say less. I knew that. Was <laughs> He's like, I'm gonna hop on your back and it'll be an honor, sir. Let's get this. Um, yeah. So then I guess like, would you be looking to do things like uh, USAPL South Korea or that kind of thing where you're like, man, this is, that'd be very difficult for you to do major flights like that. Um, I, I, I don't know because the thing is like when I was actually like flying there, the flight was like slightly shorter. Um, it was 13 hours um, and I was fine. So I, I don't necessarily think it was to do with um, just the flight itself. But it's just the fact that obviously when I'm on vacation, I'm not really like doing the usual mobility stuff and, you know, my nutrition was off and everything, sleep was off. So I think it's just a combination of things and the flight itself was just the icing on the cake. 
So I think if I'm actually going to meet, um, coming off of like, you know, good nutrition, good sleep, and like I, you know, prioritize things, then, you know, like a, a long flight to, to, to meet is not an issue really. So. Bring a small human with you that can be like a sandbag you throw over your shoulders and start doing some moves, man. Start doing like, right. You just, you work with that individual and they'll handle you at the meet. They do multifunctions. This person, you're like, I'm going to (laughs) pay, I'm going to pay for your flight, but we're getting to work. Once we get up there, 30,000 feet, right. Once that plane (laughs) stabilizes, the first workout comes in and we're coming in hot. Okay. Kettlebell swings with them the whole night. Well, well, that's the thing. Like in terms of like, I guess, USAPL, South Korea, um, I don't necessarily have like any, any plans of that. My biggest thing coming up is just like nationals. Like that's all that I'm focused on. Let's talk about this. Okay. Cause we said we kicked it off that um, in the beginning, we need to talk about it. Cause I had questions about how does this work? Obviously, you're not, you're from Trinidad and Tobago, you're not from US and it's American nationals, but you're probably not the only one. Some people also brought up Keenan Lee, by the way. He's a dual citizen. So I think he actually can win the American title, uh, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. But, um, how will it work for you? Yeah, so from what I understand, and this is something like they, I guess, like just fleshing out so um, the rules could change um, as time goes on. But from what I understand right now uh, is that I will be able to compete as like a guest and um, I will also be uh, in the pro division. So like I won't be in the open or junior or whatever division, like regular division, and I won't be eligible to like obviously win um, like a national championship or, or something like that. But I will be eligible to like rank and win and gain points in the pro series. I'll obviously lift right alongside all the other guys in the 125 PG class. Um, so yeah, it, it'll be like I, I lift there, but I'm just not going to be uh, like eligible to win national championships. And they, ha- and they have like you're eligible for like records and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I do think I could chip American records because um, I did have like the option to at this um, at this last meet year, and I know Keenan also like he broke like a couple South Korean records as well at, at the meet. So yeah, yeah, I seen that. I mean, it w- whatever works, man. You know they got to have you there. <laughs> Especially, yeah. I mean, Jesus, man, come on. What are we doing if they don't have you there? What kind of a flight is that for you um, to get up there? Uh, where exactly? If it's, well, anywhere in the U.S., like even central U.S., let's say, you know, the East Coast, West Coast, like how much of a flight is it from Trinidad and Tobago? Yeah, so Trinidad, we have three different direct flights to the States, um, New York, Miami, or Houston. So this last meet here in Columbus, Ohio, um, I had a five and a half hour flight from Trinidad to Houston. And then I had like a little bit of a layover. And then the flight from Houston to Columbus was like two and a half hours. So it's not a bad. Um, I know Keenan, he told me like he was really badly affected. And he got in on he got in on Tuesday and he said he was wrecked. Like he was still like badly off on Saturday. So for me, I got in Thursday night. Um, I literally did a photo shoot with SBD and I was good. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, is it is not that bad. So yeah, that's one thing where Keenan's gonna consistently be at a disadvantage, except for the time um, USAPL South Korea lured him out to South Korea 
and he didn't yeah. know what he had waiting. Nobody knew <laughs> Keenan was waiting in the wings. And my man was like, how you like me now? Let me introduce myself. And um, yeah. you oh, you heard that podcast, actually, uh, that, uh, the King of List podcast where Ashton was talking about it. And I asked Ashton, I was like, obviously, you came, you're Ashton. Rouska, it came down to the very last deadlift and you won on body weight. At what point did you ask him? You thought you were coming, all of us thought he was going over there for like a friendly exhibition and it'd be a lot of fun, but we all thought he's going to murder everybody. It's Ashton for God's sake. And I was like, yeah. at what point did you realize, oh my God, I'm in for the fight of my life. And he said, when I was in the warm up room, I looked over at this cat and he was staring at me in one alpha to another. I knew he's bringing it and he's not looking at yeah. me in awe. He's looking at me like he wants to eat me and we're both going to eat food. And he's like, <laughs> which flipped my man. Let's do this. And he knew, he said that, he knew with the warm up room. That, that's exactly how I felt like, cause me, like the warm up room was pretty big, but like me and Keenan, we were sitting like directly opposite each other. I don't know if that's like his warm-up room tactic where like he always finds his biggest competitor and like sits opposite to them. Really? But he yeah. But like every time I look up, he was like right across from me. And uh, yeah, he he was he was looking, he was looking ready. So it was it, it was good. But I, I think he maybe has like some warm-up room intimidation tactics. Man, the... whatever works. Whatever works, you know. Um, yeah. I mean, he might have wanted to turn it off for Ashton, catch him sleeping a little bit, let Ashton sleepwalk through squats. And then when Ashton looks at the scoreboard, be like, holy shit, I'm behind. I better turn on the gas too late. Yeah. You know, that's a bit, but whatever, that's a whole other level of, uh, <laughs> but, um, when you, I, I do, first off, I do like that both you guys became pros. So they yeah. both went through. I was thinking about that. Like, how can you imagine when you guys don't go through? That'd be freaking yeah. tough. How do you guys have like elite level lifters like you guys and not be in the pro series? And due to you being like, if you weren't a pro, for instance, and you can't win a national title, what are we talking about here? You're just going as a guest lifter. I mean, we could compare yeah. dots regardless of whether you're a pro or not, but it definitely helped to be clunked in. Yeah, definitely. It, it, it wouldn't have been the same. Like, and I think the USAPL realized that because, when we initially signed up, I thought it would have been like a fight to the death, <laughs> like for the pro card. You know what I mean? Like I thought like I was coming from Trinidad and he was coming from South Korea. And like the plan was like one of us would walk away with the with the pro card. Um, but then I think they, they genuinely changed the rule because they realized like it would be a shame to have two top level athletes and, old, like, and almost like turn one of them away. And have one of them, especially Keenan, like from with him coming from so far to have to come back to the States for like a pro qualifier meet. Um, it would just yeah, it wouldn't be great. Dog, I'm so glad they did. At the very least, yeah. like they're able to read the room and pivot and be like, look, we can't have this happen. It's not gonna yeah. it's uh, a lot of people are gonna be upset about this, and everyone wants to see these guys clash um repeatedly. And we need we also need Keenan and um Ashton. Like, can you imagine he didn't get through and we don't yeah. have Ashton versus Keenan? We need yeah. Ashton. They, even right now, they're only eight kilos away at, at the Arnold. Eight kilos, yeah. man. Like, they have to clash. And then Bob, um, did you talk to Bob? Do you know if he's going up to the 110 class again? 
I actually didn't talk to him because um, he competed like right after me. So when I was like wrapping up my session, he and like Ashton and um, like Petrie, they all were coming into the warm up room. Um, so I didn't really like want to talk to them, you know, like guys have like their headphones on and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but from what I've seen on like uh, his story and stuff like that, I think he plans to go back up to 100. Like this like cut to 215-ish, which is, I don't know how many kilos is that, but um, I think his plan there was just to like take a shot at Taylor's butt. Um, if he hit it, he hit it. If not, he didn't. Um, and he plans to like fill out um, 242. So, yeah. I mean, um, looking at like he won the pro series. End of the day, he's the first pro series champion. Like I, I would, I, I really do want to. And he did that, and he still has Mega Nats to go head to head with these guys in the same weight class. So yeah. it'd be amazing. I haven't seen really an official statement from him, but again, sometimes people post things in their stories, and you just miss it. But. If him, Ashton, and Keenan happens, that is a mega clash. And um, I'm so happy that they they made, they found a way that you and Keenan both get a card. Because holy smokes, man, if Keenan wasn't in it, if they freaking didn't have Keenan and Ashton at the same time going head-to-head, not same yeah. day, but the same time, same flight with Bob on kilos, that yeah. is what I want to see, man. Um, not definitely. I think that... To be honest, I think everyone, like me, uh, Keenan, Bob Ashton, uh, Petrie, all come into Mega Nats with sort of like a chip on our shoulders. Because I think everyone, like at least I can speak for myself, but I do think everyone kind of like um, underperformed a little bit. Um, I think that was one of maybe like the theme themes of the uh, of the annals was that everyone was kind of like just a little bit below where they would have ideally wanted to be. So I think everyone would be looking to correct that coming into coming into Mega Nats. Yeah, it's I mean it's so crazy when 960 by Ashton is underperforming and it's but I know what you mean because he's hit 955 I think the first time was 2021. So for him he's probably ideally in his mind like well beyond that. Um yeah I get it. I mean, they're so elite. These totals are so crazy. Like you went over a thousand kilos, but for you, that's underperforming in your mind's eye because you hold yourselves to crazy standards, but everyone else watching is like, damn, you guys are murdering it out there, but you got the same crews. will be back for the mega nats. Anyways. Um, Yeah, exactly. Do you want to play sir? The name game? Yeah, of course. Let's let's do the name game a minute. So I know, obviously, we've referenced several podcasts. I know you probably have already heard the name game, but for anyone listening who hasn't, um, I say a name. You could say one word, two words. You could say um, st- like some. We sometimes we get into fucking stories for God's sake. So say whatever you want to say for it, okay? Uh, but sometimes, uh, yeah, there's no right or wrong answer. First one off the top. Bob Matthews. Talented. Um, I think Bob is probably one of the most like talented up and coming lifters. Um, I have a lot of respect for him as an athlete. Um, and I think when it's all said and done, either at the end of this year, if not going into next year, is going to be the the Ronald Hunt and, and Bob Show. I think we will be the guys going at it. 
Oh, wow. Okay. Um, on dots. On dots. Okay. How about this then? Ashton Rouska. I would I would say even though he's a young guy, I feel like Jim, um, because I think he, <clears throat> I think it was you know in like that 2019, 2021, like span of time, he was doing some like honestly never before seen things in powerlifting. Um, I do think I don't I don't necessarily think he's he's done, but I do think that he seems to be closer to his potential than somebody like me or Bob, which is why I won't, you know, I guess foresee him to be like one of those top, top guys over 600 dots. But I guess we'll see. I, I hope he proves me wrong. Yeah, How about um, the young man you clashed with for a pro card, but you both ended up getting your pro cards anyways, Keenan Lee. Surprising. Um, I think... <laughs> Uh, to be like at the start of last year, nobody had like any idea that, that Keenan would be where he is in the sport and who he is in the sport. Um, so yeah, I think he, I'm, I'm just interested to see what he does for the rest of this year and the competitions that he does. Um, because I, 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 I can't, I can't get a read on like his power levels, <laughs> so to speak. Would you say he used to be a random Korean dude? Um, I, I mean, he still might be, to be honest. That's a perfect Instagram name because it, I love that he said it's a quote. I think, I think he was quoting Ashton, um, but I can't remember now. But I think Ashton, yeah, he was, he was, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, um, yeah, and, and he ran with it, and it's hilarious that he ran with it. But Keenan also says, like, I was a fucking random, I was just a random dude that came out of nowhere and went to battle with Ashton, and now he's you know on everybody's minds. Um, okay, yeah. Dennis Cornelius. Uh, he's 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 also a legend. Like he, <clears throat> when Dennis kind of like uh, like left the sport, uh, particularly like the IPF and, and stuff like that, he really left like a like a gap in that one twenty kg division. Like nobody ever really like filled that role and nobody like ever really even came slightly close <laughs> to what he had done um so you know he was always awesome to watch massive squad um stuff like that so definitely a, a legend in Marvel. um how about brandon petrie uh potential i think i think he has a lot of potential as a lifter um i do think he's I, I don't know him that well. Like I, I only really talk to him when I see him, but I do think he's maybe like you know, going through some stuff, or maybe like his his mental, the mental side of his lifting isn't really like there, because um, he shows like flashes of greatness, but it's never like a, a consistent trajectory that you might see throughout training, like from Bob or Ashton or something, where you could really tell like this person is on track to just like blow away what they've done. Um, so. Yeah, I think I think Petrie has potential if he could just like that and things like. Um, how about Russell Orhi? Um, I would say he's one of the greats. 
uh, I think a lot of people, <laughs> and by a lot of people, I mean probably every like one who I talk to could remember when, like back in 2015, 2016, when they used to watch Russ's like daily vlogs when he used to upload to YouTube every single day. So I think Russell has done a lot for the sport. Um, and I think he continues to do a lot for the sport. He's a great ambassador for the sport. And um, all my interactions with him have been, have been great. So, yeah. Yeah, dog. I remember, uh, I can't remember the first time he was on King of List, but it was a long time ago. <laughs> and um, yeah. his progression has been phenomenal. And uh, it's cool to see people like turn into what they turn into. Um, I mean, yeah. I tell you, man, I met you back in 2018. I remember commentating and I'm like, holy, sm I, Tom Keen was my co-commentator. I still remember us being like blown away with your performance. And for anyone listening, you did the rare feat of out totaling everybody in the open when you won the yeah. juniors and you just didn't total it was the battle of the one Oh fives. Like you out totaled yeah. monsters in like, well, who was in the open that year? No, the open was stacked that year. Um, yeah. it, it was, it was crazy. Your, your emergence. I'll never forget Calgary, 2018. And I remember us seeing you live and be like, look at the size of his hands. That deadlift's not coming out. Of his <laughs> we, just, we couldn't get over you. Like what you were doing, yeah. it, was, it was crazy. Um, but anyways, all these years later, man, it's cool seeing people stick around and like all these years later be running into people and be like, all right, my man's still lit it. My man's still like, you know, breaking records and doing his thing. I feel the same way about Russ. Yeah. Okay. How about R Ray Williams? Uh, I would say he he's like a star. Um, obviously now with like, with, with Jesus kind of like doing the things he's doing and like showing the kind of promise he is. Um, as you say, like, uh, I think you guys mentioned this on, like, a couple of podcasts, like, the lifespan of the average powerlifting, a powerlifter or powerlifting fan is maybe, like, two years, where somebody would come into the sport, they'd stay here for a couple of years, and then, like, you know, it's just constantly new people. Obviously, you have, like, the, the fixtures in the sport, but um, it's, because it's constantly new people, it's very easy for people to forget Guys, like, as you said, like, Dennis Cornelius and um, Jesse Norris and stuff like that. So, you know, I think a lot of people, like, would really hype up Jesus. But some people won't remember, like, when Rio was just really just that guy. <laughs> you know, like, Rio was the guy who, like, put powerlifting on the mainstream map where his, like, thousand bong squats were getting shared to, like, some of the biggest, like, just sports pages in general. You know, so... Yeah, I would say he's, he's like a he's like a pioneer for for the sport and, and taking things mainstream. Yeah, um, that when he took us to ESPN, when he like like when yeah. he had a thousand pound squat, the first to do that in the raw division, it was insane. It was and yeah. when he lifted in his when he was in his prime years and he was the heavyweight champion of the world. It's standing room only when Ray was at IPF Worlds or, or USAPL Nats, I would assume. I, I only watched on the stream for those, but standing room only, man. It was insane. When he was at the old classic, like 
I just recently shared one of those videos on TikTok and it got like a million and a half views. I'm glad these fucking kids in high school are learning about Ray Williams now. They're probably like, who is that guy? Holy shit. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he's an icon, man. I'm actually booking him for a podcast. Uh, he's the next one. He's coming on with Matt Gary. He's coming on with David Garcia. It should be a blast, man. <laughs> I haven't had Ray on the podcast in years. He doesn't do a lot of yeah, podcasts. No. Yeah, I was watching his uh his, his performance from from uh I think it was P and Nats. Yeah. So yeah, I'd be I'd be interested to see like the insight behind like, you know, was what was up with his training and where he's been like the last couple of years. So that that's a good podcast. That's a good It'll podcast. be he's got so much to talk about, it's crazy. Cause he hasn't been on in years and so much has happened. We could talk about so much and um and possible, you know, the Jesus clash down later on this year and that I mean, he got injured. He was pacing so well. He still got a thousand kilo total, but by the deadlifts, it was getting like, he was clearly injured and uh, the deads were coming up crooked, like corkscrewing backwards out. And it was like, oh, wow, this is going to be difficult, but he's, he's got heart, man. He's got, he's got crazy heart. Um, So yeah, we'll get the background story. Here's one for you. Sheffield. (laughs) Um. <clears throat> I I, I want to say game changing. Um, it Sheffield like a lot of people talking about like um, you know what uh, like a lot of people had like polls like what are you more hyped for the Arnold or Sheffield? And <clears throat> for me, anyone who said the Arnold was probably just like biased because it's like I'm not saying that you know like Sheffield has like. Uh, it's just like blowing the Arnold away. But what I am saying is like Sheffield is that thing where this has potential to like change the sport forever, you know? Like we've had Arnolds year after year for, for so long, you know, like, but Sheffield, this is the first of its kind and it could really be like something special. So the word I'd use is game changing and I'm very excited to, to see how it unfolds. Dog, anyone who said the Arnold, they're more hyped for the Arnold than Sheffield. It that is insane to me. The Arnold was yeah, dope. Same. The Arnold was dope. That's not yeah. saying the Arnold isn't, but I mean, like that's kind of, that's pretty pretty crazy to say. Um, yeah. Let me throw this out here real quick before we get to the last name. And and I the last name's the best one, but let let me let me uh, ask you this, Sheffield. It's going to be a success. It's. It's going to mm-hmm. run for 10, 15 years, probably get bigger and bigger and bigger. Prize money gets bigger. Yeah. Our sport gets bigger. Um, the commentator stays the same. Okay. Are we going to see Ronda Hunt at a Sheffield before you retire? Uh, I, I can't say yes for sure. Um, but what I can say is that Obviously, this year, I'm locked in USAPL. Um, next year, I'm looking at the USAPL again. And then from there, I think, is where I'll kind of, like, open up my options as to, like, what could possibly, like, uh, you know, be the, like, the path forward. So I wouldn't completely rule it out. As a matter of fact, like, if it continues to get, like, bigger and best lifters are there, then I would I would do anything to beat it. It's, like, it's just, it's just, it just really depends on, like, where the best lifters are where you know sort of like the hype is but um yeah i guess it it depends on how things unfold we you know it's, it's, it's really like really soon after the split and it's very difficult to like to tell 
Yeah. One thing I will say though, if I do go back to the IPF, I will not be representing Trinidad and Tobago. I'd probably represent another country, but that is from Canada? the podcast. Canada, bro? I, I mean, maybe. Doggy, doggy, <laughs> listen, I will fucking rent free in my house, my man. <laughs> rent free in my house. I will I will actually put up a a fund with the Canadians and be like, all right, look at let, let's groceries the whole nine. Let's fucking pay for this young man and let's let's go. Yeah. Let's get a world champion. Let's get Sheffield. Let's do this. Um, Toronto's beautiful. Yeah. Anyways, I ain't trying to sell you on it. Toronto is fucking beautiful. Put a pin in that. Let's. I've, let's I've been. It's nice. yes, okay, you know. Okay, so we'll talk in a few years, man. When, when it's time, we'll start making some wheels turn. But because uh, you know, US is going to cr- try to grab you as soon as you put out this podcast. Every nation is going to start buying and be like, "Are we are we trading lifters right now?" Yeah, <laughs> but um, That'd yeah, be sick, actually. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk. That's a few years off. So the last name, sir, Taylor Atwood. Uh I would say that Taylor is at a crossroads um in his career. I think Arion had said this in in in, uh, in a previous podcast and it was basically that like Taylor had like an excellent performance at I think it was 2021 Nats where he had the the 608 dots right and he's also had a good tra- track record as like you know, winning uh, world championships and stuff like that. But I do think that he has a little bit more to prove. Um, I'm a very objective person. And if I could see from Taylor that he's capable of hitting, you know, 600 plus dots and like really showing something closer to that 838.5, which I think is his record, again, then I would be like, this man is who he he says he is. So I think he's at a crossroads where he could either just like, Fade away and not really like show that 2021 Taylor again, or he could just really like step it up and be like, I'm I'm him, you know. So that's what I think about that. We'll have to see. It's been interesting because his posting for Sheffield, I haven't you don't you're not seeing it on Instagram what he's hitting. Um, yeah. and but I think he's got a paid version that you see the the heavier lifts. So I, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not sure. Um, I mean, we're going to find out real soon, aren't we? But <laughs> yeah, I, I'll, I'll wait to see what he does at Sheffield. Um, but I, I assume at Sheffield, he'll just be like aiming to do what he needs to win. Um, so obviously Sheffield, and I'm, uh, I don't know. I'm not sure what competitions he has later this year. Obviously, Wills and yeah, we'll see. Also, he, if he's, if he's not a hundred percent healthy, um, it might not be an indication of he's downsliding. It just might be he's not 100%. And then later on, he's 100%. And then he's so it's difficult, right? Like, it's not always your next competition isn't always, but you're right. Like, eventually, you know, he's, I think he's 34. And um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's what he's gotten out of his body is insane. He's been a world champion since 2018. Well, I mean, the same year mm-hmm. you won Junior Worlds uh, was his first one. Yeah. And he was the number one seventy four ever since, and like nobody's come close. So I mean, yeah, it's tough. It's tough to keep it up. We'll we'll see. It's very interesting, man. And eventually, fucking yeah. our heroes move on, and it becomes like, it's I don't know, man. It's I you know yeah. what I mean. It's crazy to even say to think about in the future. 
for sure. That that's actually like one of the things that like um, I guess I wouldn't say rubbed me the wrong way when Taylor did that like podcast and like called me out and stuff like that. But it was kind of like just like it it added fuel to the fire for me because like as you said, me and Taylor both won our first world championships in the same year. Unfortunately for me, what happened with my country happened with my country, and I wasn't able to compete. However, Taylor was able to like continue on and like grow his legacy. So it was just like when he said like I haven't done shit and stuff like that. I was just kind of like, well, damn, like I didn't have the opportunity to, you know. That's, but but you know, um, that's a fair point. I yeah. mean, I don't want to put it in your head because you can't dwell on the past. But you think yeah. of, for anyone listening, politics kept you out for four years in your twenties when you won a world title, a junior world title. And people are like, well, that's junior. It was enough to win the open. Your junior yeah. world title total would have won the open. You were the number one one Oh five in the world in 2018. You lost four yeah. years of your prime. How many world titles could you yeah. have by now? And I'm not saying for sure you win everyone. Cause I'm not trying to like take away from anybody who won. But I'm just saying it begs the question. And when you look back, yeah, you could be like, doggy, I wasn't just chilling on the beach. Like, or if I was, I had to, I didn't have a choice. Like yeah. I lost a legacy possibly, Yeah, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. I can see how that could rub you the wrong way a little bit. <laughs> Not even, I don't even think Taylor would have sure. thought of that. I didn't even think about that at the time. Like, I don't think Taylor realizes at the time, honestly, I think he'd be like, yeah, that would fucking suck to have to No, Well, well that, that's the thing. Like I actually spoke to him about it. And like, I expressed that to him, um, like right after the podcast and, um, he was like, oh shit. Like he, he didn't really think about it like that. Um, so, similar to what you said, like a lot of people go like, I guess connect those dots in terms of like me um not having like proven myself and me not having the opportunity to prove myself. Um but it is what it is. It's not that like I guess I'm like searching for pity on it. It's more so just like just like a, a matter of fact type thing, you know? It's um because I knew you were out due to that. And I fucking it's true that you don't always like the, here's why. Here's another thing. We kind of kind of doubling back to earlier that's why when you reach out, like you could easily reach out to me and be like, my man, when Taylor said that, you know, you know why I was out for four years. I actually wasn't thinking about that either. Like I knew you're out why you're out, but I wasn't taking another step being like, hold the phone. He might have been multiple time world mm -hmm. champion, the whole nine, whatever. Like you don't always connect. Like people think, wouldn't you have just connected it? Not always, man. You know what I mean? And we're, yeah. uh, yeah, fuck. This happens on podcasts too, where some people will reach out and I'm like, you know what? I'm fucking spitballing and I don't always connect dots. Like sometimes I wish I would, but that's because this is real time, man. Uh, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, you're right. And I mean, who knows what you're going to end up doing? Um, how old are you right now? Uh, I just said 27 in January. Oh, fuck, you're young as shit. You you could be yeah. the Muhammad Ali of your time being four years out politically for, for politics, man. Um, it fucking also bless up that you're not, you haven't let it get you. Some people would be fucking like super bitter and super pissed off about that. And at some point yeah. when you're older, 
you could write a book or something and lay in and be like, look what happened to me. Cause you've been, you've dealt with politics several times now. Like you have dealt with self, yeah. you came back and dealt with it all over again. Like, this is just a yeah. familiar <laughs> thing where it's like, God damn it, man. Can I catch a break? Um, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. All, all I could do is dog. I'll, I'm in your corner. You, you know, I think the world of you, my podcast is always open to tell you a story, whatever. So it is what it is, man. People, people who know, know, and, uh, fuck it, you got people like Dennis Cornelius praising you and people who know the powerlifting world know, like, fuck, do you know how far he is ahead of any ever, any other 120 we've ever had in the world? It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> you get a tip of the hat anyways. Um, and I was around, man. I remember 2018, man. I remember what's going on. I'm going to fucking message Tom Keen and be, <laughs> remember that session? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but anyways, man, sure. uh, we'll see. By the time you're 37, it'll be water under the bridge. If you smash all these records and God knows what you end up doing. Um, so exactly, my friend, uh, before we let you go, and first off, thank all, Thank you. We we're closing in on two hours here and we had a good, we had a good discussion, dude. We went in some places, yeah. didn't we? We 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 went yeah. into some we 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 had a pretty good discussion, my friend. I appreciate that. Um, hopefully I see you in person again sometime. I think 2018 was literally the last time. It it was. It was. Um, I think maybe like I was actually planning to go to Sheffield, but then like with the whole like suspension that I had, um, I was like, that might not be the best idea or, or like what, but yeah, I was planning to go to Sheffield just to, like, to spectate. But, I don't yeah. know if it would be a, uh, an issue or anything, like, to spectate. I don't think it's an issue because um, when lifters, when, like, coaches couldn't handle people, like, in PA Nats, there was a mm. lot of people who were, quote-unquote, suspended who were there at the event watching in the crowd, um, hanging out afterwards, talking to everybody involved. And uh, going out for dinners and drinks and hanging out and then back the next day. Like, it's just, it wouldn't be, I don't think it's, there's any kind of issue in terms of that uh, or any yeah. awkwardness or anything. No, I think you'd be totally good if you showed up um, and fucking I'll be there, man. So fuck, I don't know. Let me know if you come. I would love to like do, do content in person and, and get yeah. your feedback on like the days and like the day it's only one day, but like, for sure. Let me know. Whatever. If it doesn't happen, that's fine. But uh, just keep that in mind for whatever. Any competitions that I like PA Nats next year again or whatever. If, I know. I know it's like a five hour flight and I'm just trying to talk you in the show. <laughs> You're like, dude, it's not like taking an Uber. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yeah. But um, sure. before we let you go, is there anybody you want to thank or any shout outs or anything like that? Um, no, I mean, shout out SBD. Uh, I think, uh, SBD, like, throughout the whole, like, thing that happened, they were, like, um, super classy. And then they, they even helped out with, like, um, like my accommodation and stuff like that for, for the Arnold. So, love SBD as a company with everything that they do for the sport. So, shout out to them. That's a little bit. Dude, uh, yeah, SBD will take care of you if you're an SBD lifter and, um, yeah, they'll they do their best, sir. And whether you're at Sheffield or watching Sheffield or whatever the hell, slide in my DMs. I want to get your impression on like how the battle unfolds. I think every powerlifting nerd is gonna be watching this. Are you in are you on the Sheffield Fantasy League? I, I'm not I've never done a fantasy league in general, to be honest. 
dude, you got to get in there and see what happens. You know, you're powerlifting. You know all these stats anyways. <laughs> you know everybody's yeah. dots and whatever. So we'll see what happens anyways. I'd be interested in seeing how you place because I think you do pretty well. But in the actual fantasy league, they have we have like the world record and the highest total, the person that you're picking. So mm -hmm. like you have your information to make your picks is what I'm trying to say. So even if there's yeah. a couple of weight classes you're not sure about, you're not flying blind. It gives you yeah. a little bit of a whatever. And you're like, okay, cool. You'll see. So is it that is it that you have to pick like what like the top ten or, or what? Um, so you pick your confidence points on who's going to break the records. Okay. I haven't picked myself yet because I had to get through the Arnold and all the rest of it. I have to dive in and uh, you know put together a Sheffield preview show and freaking dog. It's coming. It's on the twenty fifth. It's closing yeah. in on us, man. I'm flying out there. The Iron Culture. Omar and Eric are going to be there and um, we're doing like interviews with the athletes and stuff. I'm going to be there. It's going to be crazy, dude. I don't know. This it's, I've been working on this, like with chef, like when I say working on this, I mean, SPD has been doing it and I was just going to commentate the first one. Uh, but yeah. I've been, I remember the first Sheffield in 2020. It was the week before the week before in the pandemic hit and Pete Spence called me and I had never in my life witnessed like the whole world shuts down. So I'm like, this isn't really going to shut down. And yeah. Pete Spence calls me as like, Hey buddy, this is the call. Fuck. And Sheffield's canceled. And for the next, like, however, all the like three years, three years, how many times like talking with SBD about like, the event and like, you know, doing sound bites for the videos. Like they'll give me a script for sound bites and like, and, you know, stuff like that. And you're just like, you know, for all this time and you're like, Holy fuck, it's actually going to happen. <laughs> this yeah. is really going to happen now. It's such a surreal thing. Uh, but anyways, it is, it is what it I is. I mean, I think like, like two, two weeks out at this point. So I think this time it, it will happen. Oh, fuck. Dude, if another pandemic comes in two weeks, I'm on suicide watch, man. You better watch me. You check, <laughs> check in on me, man. I'm yeah. not all, if I tell you, if I DM you, yeah, I'm all right. I'm not all right. You better, you'd be like, I want a video call. I want to see your face because you probably haven't shaving in days and you're, you know. <laughs> But uh, anyways, man, listen, much appreciated. Thank you for coming on to the podcast once again. Um, like I said, man, door is always open. Reach out to me. Let me know if ever you want to come on. You got something to talk about. You talk your talk, son. And appreciate it. For, for everybody listening, um, as always, give us high ratings. Subscribe to whatever platform that you listen to us on and uh, post up in your in your Instagram stories and we will repost it. Six-pack lap it at. Until next time. Six up and we are out.